as a psychiatrist, what are like the roles and responsibilities that you have day to day in? Can you uh, talk about that? Sure. Um, and it really can vary. So at the core of being a psychiatrist, one of the primary things that I do in my work uh, let me just kind of describe where I work. So I work for the Veterans Administration. So I um, am actually a full-time virtual provider. So I'm physically in Metro Atlanta, but the veterans I care for are in um, another part of Georgia, a couple hours away. And what I basically do is I do what we call medication management. So I prescribe medications to treat mental health disorders. I also do, I would say like so what we call supportive psychotherapy, um, which are just kind of a certain set of interventions to kind of um, like more generally help people to their support their goals. Um, and so I think for an what well, I am technically an outpatient psychiatrist, but I do provide care virtually. And this is a fairly new position for me. So I started this new role in January. So before that, I had what we would say more traditionally, like a face the face in the office. But um, I started this new position in January. Um, you know, some psychiatrists are definitely more involved with the psychotherapy piece, and they may do more of that than the medication management. Um, also within psychiatry, there are, there are some procedures. So if people have ever heard of ECT or electroconvulsive therapy, psychiatrists, that's a procedure that they do. There's TMS, which is basically a treatment for depression that involves a really strong magnet. That's also a procedure that psychiatrists do. So for the most part, psychiatrists are going to be doing medication management, but there really is kind of a range and depending on what setting you're in to what other duties you might be doing. Okay. Okay. That's uh, some good information there. So um, how do you, if you can, can you go down an example of how you've impacted a patient's life from the beginning to the end? Like they was in this state of mind and then after meeting with you once or twice or for how many sessions, how did they improve? Yeah, that's a good question. So I will say that as a psychiatrist, the, the types of mental illness that I'm seeing are generally pretty severe. So um, let's say a, a person who has depression or uh, maybe anxiety that's more, I'm gonna say like mild to moderate, might be managed by a primary care. So um, most of the people I'm seeing is gonna be more of a long-term um, kind of situation. So I'm just going to um, describe one uh, patient of mine I had who um, had a psychotic disorder. So a psychotic disorder basically involves a disruption in either your perception of reality. So you might hear voices or see or hear things, or it could be a disruption in your thought process. So how you think or how you speak. So these are, you know, typically when we think of like schizophrenia, those kind of things. So um, I had a person who came to me who had, um, schizophrenia, and he also had a history of having a pituitary tumor, which um, kind of sits at the base of your brain. And as you know, as a physician, right, and a psychiatrist, this is like a little more of a complicated case that I would have. So um, unfortunately, he had a surgery that didn't go well, and it resulted in him missing um, part of his, uh, really part of his skull that was missing, um, and part of the brain that was missing. So typically, that surgery doesn't the way they do it wouldn't involve that. So he has mental health issues. He has um, this kind of history of a, a tumor and this kind of surgery that did go well. And in some ways left him with like a traumatic brain situation. Um, and also he had a history of violence. So I know I mentioned earlier that statistically people with mental illness are not violent compared to other people. But this person actually 
did have that history. So he had gotten off his medication and he had gotten psychotic and he actually killed his spouse. So he had went to prison for like 10 years um, and had um, due to that. So he had served his time and I was kind of seeing him, you know, several years after he had gotten out and remarried and was back on his meds and everything. So part of the issue that came up is over time, he, um, the medications just didn't seem like they worked as well. So for me, there really is that there's like an intersection here, right? There, I have a patient who is a rare case where off of his medication, he, he did, you know, commit a crime. You know, so that's kind of unusual. And we're kind of looking at the process of kind of weaning this and trying to find something new without having the emergence of symptoms or any kind of violent behaviors. And so um, basically like with him, we went through a process where we kind of took him off of those. And um, I had the help of some other people on my team to kind of help me monitor what was happening. So if we started to see these symptoms come back, we would like warn his wife or, you know, have like a safety plan basically. So we got him off of those safely and got him onto the next medication safely without any incidents. So that would be like a kind of more complicated case that I might see a person who has the intersection of maybe, you know, mental health, medical issue, and then they're kind of social, it's like a social kind of situations. Um, Another very recent case I saw this week is um, I have a, a pregnant woman. Being in the VA, we don't see a ton of pregnant women, but she actually a pregnant woman with a history of substance abuse. So um, a person who's on opiates, and as you know, the opiate crisis is a really huge issue. So, you know, um, so the person has that, the person has chronic pain, which is kind of driving the opiate issue. And the person has really severe mental illness, including um, like self-injurious behavior. So um, this is a person that basically has come into a program that I manage and we've worked to start her on a medication-assisted treatment for opiate use disorder. Um, I guess the outcome of that is to be determined, but that will also be a pretty complicated case. So a person with mental health, with substance abuse issues, who's pregnant, you know, that gives us limitations for things we can prescribe and all other kind of issues. So that's kind of more where the patient population that I see as opposed to, you know, like maybe more simple anxiety or depression. Usually there's multiple layers of things that are going on. Okay, okay.